0: Hey, welcome back to Tech Vines, episode four. I'm Colin Gallagher, and I'm joined by my compatriots in wine, Scott Delandi and Melissa Gurney, um, in wine and tech. Um, And today, we're going to have an interesting conversation about stress um, and things you hate. Um, Our wine topic for tonight is wines that you drink when you're you're stressed that help relieve that stress. And the technology is technology that you love to hate. so, I think we're gonna
1: need I think we're gonna need more than the usual 35 40 minutes to get it all in but we'll have to because I've got a list and I'm on like I'm on like page two right now so of tech but, you hate or, or yes. wine
0: you drink or wine you drink when stressed
1: no the the <laughs> wine I could drink stressed is basically that's an easy one it's anything right um, but the tech the heck the, the tech that um, we hate that one's a, a long list but I have my I have my above the line things that we mm-hmm. can discuss. We could save that if we get a lot of traction with this one. We'll save that for the um, for the extended play version, the director's cut of the uh, of the
0: podcast. And so, Melissa, what are you drinking tonight? Let's start off with the wine.
2: Okay, I um, typically when I'm super stressed, I have my go-to like special occasion stress wine, right? Which is this beautiful, wonderful Darius Cab, which is super heavy, but tonight is not that wine because I can't get it right now. <laughs> so, so tonight I'm drinking an Italian red. It's a uh, Cantina, I'm gonna butcher this, Zacanini? Um but it's an Italian red. It's beautiful. It's from 2017. It's got this cute little bottle. It's uh, pretty kind of Kind of easy to get wine, but also um light and delightful. So yay.
1: I actually I actually know that one that you're drinking. It's a it's a red blend. It's a it's an excellent table wine. Uh it's one of my I would say definitely within the top five or six as far as the go to and the things uh to have on hand. So so excellent choice. Um so what I'm drinking. So what I had planned to drink. So it was what I had planned to drink and what I had stocked up. And then there's what I actually <laughs> ended up doing, as so yes. often happens. Yes. So uh, so sit back. This is going to take a minute to unpack. My normal go-to is I drink Italian reds as well, and I like the blends, and I usually like a kind of a, a, a Tuscan um, from that from that region. And then I'll just go and whatever's there, I'll just keep sampling it. But I have, as I said, you know, five or six that I would like. But I couldn't do that tonight because Big announcement for the uh, for the Tech uh, Vines podcast. We actually have fans out there, and not only do we what? have fans, we ha- we have fans. I've got two two fan stories here. The first one I'll tell, and the second one I'll I'll save for later. Um, so we have a friend, uh, our friend Lauren. I don't know if I can mention her name. I can mention her name, Lauren Simpson, who lives out in uh, the Napa Valley area out in California, and so she's a listener to the the podcast, and she said, hey. Is it okay if I send you a bottle of wine for the next podcast?
2: And I was yes. like,
1: That's <laughs> If you're an listening easy one. and
2: wondering, the answer is yes.
1: Of, <laughs> of please, <laughs> please, exactly. And so, not only was she nice enough to actually do it, because everybody says, "Oh, I'll send you something." Matter of fact, I still owe Melissa, and I'm sure I owe you guys a, a bottle of wine, and I haven't, I haven't actually shipped it yet. But, but she did, and like it showed up, and I was like, "Oh my god, she really sent it." But she gave me the whole backstory for this. So it is a, uh, a Napa Valley cab, and it's from um, a winery. Uh, the, uh, the, the, it's like a Napa Valley co-op, and it's outside of like where the main drag is, where all the wineries are. It's in that same area, um, but it's uh, by um, a winery called Fleury, F-L-E-U-R-Y. Um, and I was doing a little bit of research on it, and it's interesting because the the person that did this, was from the San Francisco area, and he was uh, in in technology, as you can imagine, and he worked for a number of software companies, um, but decided, you know, once he had, you know, made enough to um, get out of the daily grind, kind of what Colin was trying to do, and 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 um, start making wine, and that's what he's done. So, she gets this. Her husband, I guess, is somehow connected. Uh, to the person that that um, actually makes the wine and shows, she sent it in, and I said, sure, I'll 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 give it a mention. But I have to tell you, I was saving it because I I wanted to do it for the podcast, and I just opened it a couple of minutes before we started, and I have to tell you, A plus, it is excellent, 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 excellent stuff. So that's my plus. that's my first fan story.
2: What's the f- well, it, fl- flavor profile like?
1: The flavor, it's 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 very fruity. Um, it's not dry, it's not sweet. I mean, this is something that I could definitely like. If I, if I saw this and I will look for it, I don't think you can buy it. I think, from what I can understand from the website, they have tastings, but it's by appointment only, so you can't show up. You actually have to make an appointment to go in and, and taste it, so they're, they're, they're more selective, if you would, hmm. in, in terms of the people that they attract. But um, it's, it's great. I mean, it's right up my alley. Again, I don't like the wines that are, like, super, super sweet. Um. This is very balanced. It's definitely not heavy. This is, you know, if you're looking for something. Again, if you're having a rough day and you just want to have a glass of wine. Let's say it's you know, one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. We've all been there. Um, this would definitely be a a uh, a geeks and uh, um, technology uh, uh, recommends.
0: Cool. Awesome. We'll have to try it. What well, maybe calling? Lauren will send some more. Yeah. 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 I'll try and have to. <laughs> when when we can travel again that's um it'll be yes a, 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 a exactly. i haven't been to, i haven't been to that winery um so it'll be an interesting trip uh, i am drinking i i decided to go farther north to sonoma for tonight um for my go-to um Partly because it's one that I always have on hand because I'm a member of the club. Partly because it's damn good. <laughs> um, um, and partly because, you know, when you're a member of the club, you get a bunch of things that you they don't sell in stores, uh, which is really nice. So it's some even better stuff. Um, so this is a Segesio Zinfandel um and you you can find a cup they have two or three they push out to retail stores you can find them there um but they're a vineyard that specializes in Zinfandel and they do something like 12 different varieties of Zinfandel from different you know from different sorry they're a winery that specializes in Zinfandel they do them from you know a bunch of different uh, vineyards around the the region um, and I'm a big fan of Zinn. Um, I love, you know, everyone knows I love cab. I love me a big, bold red. Um, Zinn is, you know, fits in that category, but I also like Zinn cause it's sort of a, a, quintessential American wine. Um, the grape really isn't grown many other places besides here. Um, and I'll give you my wine fact of the day, cause it, you know, I'm a wine geek is that, um, the only other place that Zinn is grown, uh, in any numbers is in Italy, where it is known as Primitivo. Um, so it's the exact same grape, um, and there was some dispute about whether it was the same or not because it had sort of evolved a little bit in in the Americas. And um, they proved it through genetic testing that it was related to Primitivo, but they're both um, but they're both offshoots of a grape that was that was grown and raised in Hungary, I believe. Um, In very small areas and so it spread to Italy and there took over it was planted and and harvested as Primitivo and was also spread to the US and and California as infantile. so. um, For a while it was believed that it was an American um, uh, grape which is. Not necessarily true, but um, it certainly is. You know, uniquely grown here. So I love it. Um, for that reason, it's nice. It's 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 hardy. It's red. It's deep. Um, and there are a couple different blends they have. There's one that I'm waiting to open. I'll will save it for maybe our tenth episode. Um, they have a special blend they call Venom, <laughs> which from and it comes it it comes in a gorgeous black label with a copper V, like almost like a dagger on it. So from a marketing point of view, I love it. <laughs> um, so I have two bottles here sitting here that I'm gonna save for a special occasion and open.
1: Where awesome. do you can I ask a question? I, I, yeah. I know we don't have sponsors yet, but I know we're headed in that direction. Where do you order from? because I, I'm sure you're doing this all
0: online, right? Yeah, well, so one of the reasons I like these guys, Sagasio, is um, you know when I used to live in Massachusetts, it was a Bitch to get wine shipped to you because of the ridiculous um, Massachusetts blue laws about alcohol. Um, I don't know if they relaxed them since, but it was you know they
1: um, they have, yes,
0: yes well I know about I know I was there when the you know the they, they relaxed the, the Sunday liquor rules etc but for shipping it was always hard and there were onerous requirements on, on vineyards to ship into Massachusetts so I don't that's probably relaxed um, but um, saygecia was one of the only ones who would go through the paperwork required to do it so I sort of became a fan of theirs um, just for that that they were willing to you know they're not a huge vineyard they're willing to, to do it um, and and push it out and so i sort of stuck with them for over a decade actually I, I went to the vineyard last year for the first time and they were like wow you've been a member of the club for so freaking long and so they took us down to this the special tasting room in the cellar that's reserved and they had charcuterie plates down there and everything else and so it was really nice to actually be in the wine cellar and do the tasting um, because of because of my, my longevity in the club so i do that i'll do um i'll do a couple other california clubs and have them ship to a California work address, or someone there, and I pick them up. Um, and then I'll do wine.com or, or other ones um, as necessary. But I sort of, I tend to like be more. I'll do that as a sort of a broad gathering for sort of you know table, you know normal table stuff. And then um, I'll do my my clubs and try and get them by hook or by crook. I have um, I have a duckhorn shipment that was shipped this week that's sitting for me in San Francisco that I go, got to go pick up. Was that through wine.com or did you get that? That was directly from dotcom. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Well, cuz I'm a sucker. I go, I go to these tastings and you know, I find something I like and they're like, "Well, if you sign up for the club, you get a, you get a discount on it." And so, but it's a, it's, a, it's a way for me to I'm I'm also lazy, and so I know if for me I like subscriptions, I like things that get sent to me on a regular basis, where I don't have, you know, and so if I like something, I know it's good. I'm happy to subscribe to it because I know I'll always have some of that. And then, you know, I can save my Time and energy for exploring for things that I want to try and, and be different on, and but just know that I'll always have you know a decent set of bottles that I can appreciate and not have that overhead when like you know when I've had a bad week and I like I have and I just want something to relax me. I know hey I've got a couple bottles of sagacio a couple bottles of Pichetti, a couple bottles of Duckhorn, you know. Life is good. See, see, you're like me, but well, you're 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 a professional marketer.
1: That's what you do, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I used to be. I just kind of pretend to do that now. I'm more on the technology side of things. Not as heavy duty as as certainly my my friend Melissa is, but I'm somewhere kind of Uh, stuck in in the middle. (laughs) No, well, uh, no, I am in marketing. I'm in the I'm in am in
2: marketing. You're the you're the technical person on the <sighs> podcast by trade by title right now.
1: I I am a, I'm good. on the uh, I'm in the I'm on the truthiness side of marketing about that. We'll, we'll just we'll, we'll leave sure. it at that. But but it's all about it's all about the user experience, right? It's it's the the product is one thing and I mean you have to have a good product, but you can get good product like for wine and beer and things like that, but it's it's the it's the whole user experience, right? It's it's what does that feel like? How easy is it? Is uh-huh. there a lot of friction yeah. in place? Um, you know, if there's a mistake, how does that get handled? I mean, how easy are they to do business? And and that that to me, is you know today and going forward, that that's almost as as important. Having a good product is is kind of meets minimum requirements, yeah. you know, um, for a lot of things. And, and it just becomes, you know, what, what is that user experience? How do you feel? Is it something that, that was a, a pleasant process? And that's why I'm interested in, because I, I live close to New Hampshire, so I'll just go up to the New Hampshire liquor store. But like when you go in there, They've got anything and everything, and it's like really hard because you can get like overwhelmed by what to do and what to what to try. And if and if there was something that would kind of funnel it down and give you some suggestions, or hey, here's the flavor profile. What do you like? What are you gonna pair it with? You know those types of things. Because you can't really do that at at the um, at the state liquor stores. All you can do is you can save you know two three dollars a bottle. It's kind of yeah. it, but. You know, from a from a convenience
0: standpoint, it, it well, makes I, sense. I do think I do think a there's you know there's a plethora of choice, and we all know that you know too much choice is not a good thing, um, despite what our engineers tell us. You know, you know, <laughs> studies have shown that you know anything more than seven eight choices actually turns people off. Um, but uh, with wine, it's very hard because there is so you know there's so much um and i'm not saying you know people shouldn't offer lots of varieties of wine because that's you know i i think that's quite not not true people should have as many varieties as possible um i'd hate to have just mass market wine but i think you're right scott that we do need to talk about in a better way Um, i don't think this is a long-term sustainable way to do it but uh, remember that movie i can't remember the name it was i was mentioning to you about the the inner city kid who wants to become a sommelier oh Um, yeah, yeah 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 um Back on episode one, go check it out. Um, look at look up the movie name there. I'll, maybe I maybe it was un, it. Uncorked. Was un, uncorked, it? Uncorked on Netflix. Yes. Yeah, it yep. was Uncorked Netflix. But there's a great scene in there where he describes he's he's he, there, um this woman comes into the to the wine shop he works at, you know, and he's just stocking and, and working and working a wine store, and she's like, well, I want some white, and he's like, well, what do you like? And she's like, well, I don't know, and so he actually ends up describing the different varietals of whites as different types of wrappers. Really? really? Yes, um, and you know, so there's so and like you know, you know, this one has an edge and is sharp, and so it's like so and so, um, and and you know, and um, I think it ends up being he ends up describing Chardonnay as sort of like the Drake of white wines
1: because he's uh-huh. smooth and <laughs> smooth and mellow. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: And all up in his feelings. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so, so, yeah, so th- anything you can do to put it in someone's context is really good. Yes. Yeah. Very helpful.
2: And with wine, you have to be careful with good marketing. Like it isn't always the case that you get a venom or I can't remember the name of the wine from our first podcast that, that you showed me, um, Colin, but, but oftentimes I'll be walking through and I'll be like, that looks awesome. I love that name or I love that image. I'm going to try it. And it's garbage. (laughs) It seems to be the case more often than not. And I'm like, Now I go in and I'm like, okay, what's the most boring looking label I can find? If I don't know any of these wines, it's like boring label and then we'll find it. (laughs) So so what are your tips for that, Colin?
0: No, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, I think that actually makes sense. I have sort of pivoted to that myself. I mean, I think, you know, I I always appreciate a good label and a good name, uh, but that's, you know, an added bonus. I think for me, I, you know, obviously I go for the taste first. Um, yeah, it might force me to pick something. Up. I do remember reading an article about a decade ago that they'd done a study and said that labels with animals on them performed better in sales than labels without. Really? Uh, yeah. And um, just I think it's just based on you know that people are attracted to it. It's, oh, it's familiar. It's cute. You know, it's got a duck on it. It's got a you know kangaroo on it. You know. Um, and maybe maybe that's what it was originally about when that awful, awful kangaroo wine, which we shall not name, <laughs> came over the US. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, that's I remember reading that. But no, I, I'm the same way. I, I For me, it's I will go by region first. You know, I've learned yes. that there are certain regions that I like and, you know, that doesn't guarantee, you know, you can still get a shit wine from sonoma you can still get a shit wine from the mclaren vale or you know mendoza or wherever it happens to be but i'll i'll look for that and that's at least you know a first filter um second one you know obviously if i know it it's great um but i think melissa to your point i think you know the the blender label probably makes a lot of sense because i think you know if it's unknown don't don't go for the glitz because you're likely to be shocked but that said, there are some really nice wine labels. Pachetti was the one I was sharing with you where they actually write print on the bottle, which I think is really cool. Um, but you know, those can be the exception versus the rule, I think. Right on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So let's so get speak, to the tech. Yes, uh, speaking of user experience, let's get into the technology. <laughs> oh. Yes, let's get into the technology, Scott. Um, as, as I mentioned earlier, today's topic is tech that you hate. Yes. Um, th- that you would like to pull a... A um, oh, my just, brain just died. Um, Sorry, we can uh, edit this out. Famous, no, no, famous tech movie. Um, origin office of, Space. Office Space, thank you. There you go, yes. Thank oh, you. yeah, Plus, yeah, yes. Where that, You want to pull an office space on, drag the tech out in the field behind your office building, and beat on it with baseball bats. The, the, the TPF reports. The TPF reports.
1: Yes. The only reason the why I remember it was TPF is because that's a mainframe protocol from back in the day. So was oh, that a number Ah. TPF. Yes. Yeah. But it was the it was
0: the printer that they hated. It was the printer that yes. they hated. They they went out and beat. To Melissa's point. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to. Yeah. You have here. the extensive list. guys. I, so I do <laughs> I do have the list here. So one of the things that I, I and I and that I I just hate, I hate the embedded GPS systems inside of a car. Okay. Because they were designed all around just getting it in there and making it work with no no thought to the actual workflow about how you enter in an address or how you actually search for something, right? So so um, a high end car I won't say what it is, but a very high end car that you know you would think would would be would pay attention to that. When you go in, it asks you to, first thing it wants is it wants to know what city are you going to, right? So I say Boston, right? And it comes up, and the first thing it asks me is Boston, Kansas. And it's like, why would I be going to Boston, Kansas? First off, who even knew there was a Boston inside of Kansas, A? B, I'm 25 miles from Boston. No, I'm not jumping in the car and going to, to Kansas. I'm going to Boston massachusetts but it's it's the most frustrating thing because it starts with boston kansas and then you have to tell it massachusetts and you just it's just this bizarre workflow and and so no one uses it i don't use it i i use ways right i use the, the uh the, the app on the, on the mobile phone because it knows who I am. It remembers where I was. I can, you know, do a simple, easy search. It understands my location, so if I say I'm going to a street, it will give me the the streets that are close enough. So it just seems to have, you know, more. Uh, it, it's more of an intuitive application in terms of, of of knowing where you're going. So my my counter, my kind of my 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 tangential complaint is the whole Apple Play system, right? Because you know one of the things, so we all drive, all three of us, we drive F150s, right? We all have our, yeah. have our trucks, right? So yeah. one of the reasons why I waited to get the one that I got is because I wanted to wait until they had the Apple Play because I was like, this is cool. I could just plug my phone in and it'll be just like an extension of my phone. It'll be like, you know, extending my display screen, everything will look the same, everything will work the same. Uh-uh, it's not how it works. It's basically it's a toggle switch. You're either, you know, in, in in your phone or you're using this sort of twisted version of we're gonna control the things that you can actually access and do through the app and we're gonna annoy you because you're either A or B, but you can't do both of them. And, and I remember, you know, when I had brought the car in for, for service, you know, whatever it was, just routine service, the, the, um, the, the, the manager for the, for the dealership, you know, asked me what I like. And it was funny because he hadn't had a lot of experience with the Apple Play and how to get it set up. So we kind of went through it and got it all running. And he asked me, so well, what do you think of the Apple Play? And I said, listen, you know what I would do if I were you? I would write a letter to Ford and I would tell them to get out of the business of doing anything related to a user interface, because that is not your core competency. Because all I want to do is stick my phone in, and I want to be able to see my text. I want to be able to use my my navigation system. I want it to look just like an extension of my phone. And that's not what you did. You you You, you completely ruined the entire experience to the point that I don't even use it anymore. Right, I, I have not turned it on since I don't know. It's probably been a couple of years now since I went down that path. So maybe they made it better, but but it doesn't matter at this point in time because I'm so jaded and so frustrated with it, I won't connect it in. So wow. that's number one. <laughs> so 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 first of all, I we're not totally getting
2: agree
0: we're th- not getting we're not getting sponsored by Ford, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's off the oh, table. we might. We might.
2: Even, <laughs> even though we love
0: to drive them. Same thing. I I've been through two revs of my Ford F-150 um uh the first one had freaking sync which was <laughs> awful um and abysmal and then they went to their own sort of thing which was okay but i recently um rented a car and it had carplay in it it mm-hmm. was in january yes and i was blown away and so i mean so scott is your problem with carplay itself or is with ford's implementation of it
1: it, it was with the fact that when I plugged it in, all I wanted to do – so it's very simple. So I want to plug it in and I want to have – if someone texts me, I want to show up on the yeah. big screen and not, mm-hmm. and not that. But when I plug it in, it then doesn't let me play the radio. I have to play the music because it doesn't – it's not like no. I can go in and play my – sat. so I can't play satellite radio and look at my text. That was like the first thing. It was like I, I don't even understand why anybody would, would use this, because now I have to either play something that's on the iTunes or something that's streaming from the device. I can't use the satellite, which I'm paying for as another service. So it was either, am I here or am I there? Yeah. And I listen to pretty much you know, satellite mostly now. Right? Yeah, same. They fixed that. Have <laughs> they fixed it? They're
2: good. They fixed it. Yeah, it's, it's fine in my truck really you both you i mean sometimes it'll autoplay the apple stuff and you have to kind of go back and hit the sync button and then like switch the audio back to the satellite but it it will work now and you can i don't know about viewing texts while driving cuz they kind of disable that but you can at least have your texts up and see who's texting and and be listening to stat, satellite radio at the same time then even go go a step further and listen to your texts reply to them and then yeah. have satellite radio come back on
0: yeah, that's the thing. When I was when I was driving up in Vermont in January, the CarPlay would 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 read my text, and I could reply with voice. And you know, it does present a limited phone interface. they are only you know, you know, you can you know your nav, but it's the things you should be using in your car, not the things you shouldn't. Be, you know, it right. doesn't show you a web browser there because you really shouldn't be driving your car and web browsing or watching a movie.
1: Okay, well, if yeah. if if they want to sponsor us, actually, they don't even yeah. have to sponsor us. I will go ahead and I will. I will attempt to uh, to try it and see if I have a different experience with it because you're right you know I I know I talk to users out there that have a perception of how things used to be from many many years ago and the, that, that <laughs> is not even close to the way things work anymore and yep. it's uh it's it's interesting because you know it's it's never them having to you know learn anything new it's always them having to unlearn all of the things that they they know because they don't anymore
0: yeah but i totally agree i think car you know you know it's interesting how smartphones have obsoleted so many and so quickly things. and so, so quickly. quickly yeah and i think you know car nav systems are they're on they're on the extinction list right now they're they're, they're in, in endangered species because um you know i don't think they really To your point scott they can't really add any value and they've done it so shittily over the years they've let people you know yeah. Design these nav systems like fucking databases um, that you have to query, you know, with SQL basically to get where you want to go. Um, but yeah. Hey,
1: listen, if you ever need to go to Boston, Kansas, I can get it, find it
0: on my navigation system pretty. So, so, so just so you know, Scott, there's also a Manhattan, Kansas as well. I did not know that. Yes, I know nice. that because it's it's a wine related story. I was at a vineyard in Europe about six seven years ago, and there were these annoying people with very Midwestern nasal accents. And they found out that we were also from the US. And mm-hmm. they they started talking to us and they were telling us how they were from Manhattan, Manhattan, Kansas, you know, <laughs> the, the, the little apple. <laughs> um, and it was an annoying, annoying experience and a reminder of why the rest of the world hates Americans. They they were telling us and everybody else that they were from the Little Apple of Manhattan, Kansas. I didn't know there was a Boston, Kansas. There is.
1: There is. It's the most annoying thing. It's the first thing that used to come up, and I would laugh, and then it got so annoying. I was like, I can't
0: use this anymore. Well, because K comes before M in the alphabet, Scott. That's You know what? You've solved the mystery. (laughs) That's why. It was written as a database. I could
1: never never figure out why that came out first. That's probably it. Yep. Wow. All right. So, if we have any fans in uh, Boston, Kansas, please write in. <laughs> Let us
0: know. <laughs> and tell us we how far be, Boston, we, Kansas we, is Maybe We, may, be, we is.
1: may, you know, when, when and if we take the, uh, the podcast on the, uh, the national mm-hmm. tour, uh, Boston, Kansas will be uh, definitely on the uh, on the, the, the list of places that we have to stop because it now has a, a, a reference point within the show.
2: Is there wine there? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's hope there is. Let's hope there is. What about you, Melissa? What about what, what? What technology is annoying you?
2: Right now, my most annoying technology is a dishwasher. It's a really? Bosch, and it's beautiful and silver, and literally every person I talked to when I went to get a dishwasher said to get this dishwasher, so I'm really angry. But um, I got it about a year ago, and... Um, right before the quarantine, it started leaking and I figured that out and fixed it. But, um, right after the quarantine started, it just died. Uh, so it has, it has a, of course, a door and the door has all the control panel at the top. So as part of this dishwasher running, steam comes up from the top. Well, because the control panel is on the top of the door that steam gets trapped underneath the counter, goes down into the control panel and kills it. And that's my theory as to what, what's wrong with my dishwasher. But um, we've been hand washing dishes for now two months and um, it's only a year old, which means it's just out of warranty. So um, I'm gonna have to be on the market for a new dishwasher and I'm not happy about it.
0: Wow. Do you, yeah. ha- do you have a whole home warranty?
2: No, I do not, hmm. which is also a mistake. I think yeah.
0: I, I, I bought one um, for the house in Boston and have it has saved my bacon a lot of times. Um, uh, only because same thing, had a dishwasher go bad um, and a couple, month, couple years ago, same thing. And it's more important because they, they'll actually find the service person for you. So it's mm-hmm. like not only, you know, yeah, it, it, costs, you, it costs you a little bit and you, and you save some money on it when something does happen. But for me, it's like someone handles dealing with it, handles all the reimbursement and someone shows up, fixes my dishwasher and moves on. But I, I honestly think, I, my, my most recent, um, I had a fridge fail.
1: <gasps>
0: and um, and the fridge failed, again, for a similar reason, just a poor design choice. Yeah. Um, the it, the There was a cold spot developing in it, and it would freeze the water pipeline going up the back. And it was just, yeah, was, again, like, really, you'd actually design something where the water pipe... It, it Can actually freeze and anyway you know, it, it was probably symptom it was symptomatic of something else. And they had to replace the control board and everything else. But yeah, you just, know what, you know what's great about that statement is that you said the
1: refrigerator failed. You didn't mm-hmm. say it broke. You said it failed. That's how you know when you're dealing with somebody that like you know just the words that they choose because unless you like do sort of technology infrastructure in particular um, for a living, you would never choose the word my refrigerator failed. Failed.
0: Like, <laughs> Interesting.
1: It broke. So you yeah. didn't even pick that up. You talk, I mean, we, we all talk alike. Uh-huh. So, but it's just, it's yeah. an interesting thing
0: to, uh, to point out. What about you, Colin? You must have a list of things. I have a list of things. Yeah. Uh, my top of my list right now are fluorescent lights. Um, solid. First of all, they're just bad in general, right? You know, it's, um, um, and I, I don't mean, you know, the, the more modern compact fluorescents, things like that, the, which have finally gotten to be, you know, reasonable and usable and warm and not scary. You're talking um, about the white light. The white long ones that used to have on the top of your, your you know school classroom, etc.
2: The ones um, that go wavy when they start to go bad and yes. like mess with your head. Yeah.
0: Yep. And, and that you can never look good in no matter what the light is. Yeah. They're just off of there and they're harsh. Um, and so... I tend to avoid them but the builder of this house put um six of them in the garage you know Mm -hmm. sort of makes sense i get the laundry room uh pantry closets um you know the the walk-in closet and the master and a couple other big spaces uh, again where you you would ideally want something bright you know not wouldn't have been my choice but i think i support the choice it's pretty common they have been failing at a rate of one every two months for the last six months
2: wow that's crazy the
0: the, the ballasts on them are dying and i have no clue why and so you know i so said every couple of months i have to get up and i just did this week in the laundry room get up cut the ballast out because it's it's hardwired in you know cap in a new ballast that I you know at Lowe's, plumb it re- rewire it and put it back in it's just like I get light bulbs going out they're designed to go out i understand that but i don't understand why the ballasts are blowing and why the ballasts aren't removable easier easier and, and it's just yeah so it's just a giant pain in the ass to, to replace these things so i'm not happy about the flush choice in general and i'm actually more more upset that i actually have to go in and just replace the ballast and not actually do something about the light itself because there are plenty of other alternatives, but I'm just too lazy right now to, to go and find better lighting for the laundry room, not on my list of priorities. Fair. Yeah. So it's, it's so funny that you say that. So the, the, the
1: project that I am just now, I think I've completed officially today, is I, I went through and I switched out all the different light bulbs because you know what happens, right? Is you, you have a light bulb and the light bulb burns out and whatever light bulb you have, you put in. So you have a 60 watt in a hallway and you can't see anything. And then in a bedroom, you have like a hundred watt and it's like too bright. And I finally just got to the point. I was like, these light bulbs were all wrong. This is how much time I have on my hands, right? So I, I bought a whole bunch of different light bulbs. And I went room to room. I was like, okay, bedrooms, your standard is going to be a 60. A hallway is going to be a hundred outside. We're going to go ahead. And we're going to put all these things in. So I like redid all of the light bulbs just because, you know, that's, I don't know if that's a, a, an OCD type of a thing, but, um, but I feel good because like I, I bought a package and it was, I needed four bulbs and I didn't read the package and it only came in three. By the way, who sells you three light bulbs, right? Why don't you put four in there? Why would you have an odd number of light bulbs in a package? It just seems that crazy. That makes no sense. Yeah, I, I agree. It, with makes, like, yeah. it makes no sense. And I just didn't assume that you would, anybody would put, like, three light bulbs in, in the box, so I didn't look. So I had three, and I needed a fourth. So I had to go out and buy a whole new box. So I've got two extra ones. Hmm. So in case they blow out, I'm good.
2: Interesting. So another box of three.
1: Another, I had to buy another box of three to use one, but I have two spares now. So yeah. Very I have, nice. uh, yeah. So I'm running a dual parity now. So <laughs> I can, I can have two failures. <laughs> you have a RAID six lighting system. I have a RAID, yeah. RAID six. So two failures, I, I, can survive. So the other thing that irritates me, and I, this is probably going to offend Colin because I know Colin is such a big fan of, of the, uh, the Apple ecosystem, but. Um, so I, I i went uh i cut the cable right so i went away from cable i went all you know in on on just running the um um basically you know internet connected tvs so i went and i got an apple tv and i got it for one room just to just to try it right i realized i didn't need it because the tvs that i had were all smart enough they were samsung tv so i could just run the apps directly on the tv but i got i got the samsung uh apple tv And, I mean, it it works great. It needs to be rebooted every now and then, but, you know, that's life, right? Things need to be rebooted. But the remote control, who designed the remote control? Because there's no buttons on it, right? We don't want to give you a TV uh, controller that has, you know, it's not even a touch panel. It's just this little blank, like, little black tab thing, and you have to swipe your finger on it in order to move it around. But there's, like, very, there's not a lot of things that you can do. It's not like you can say, well, go to channel eight. You can't do that right you have to swipe left go down do right hit this click it over and start all over again because you forgot whether you're supposed to uh, swipe your thumb left or right right so it's been very confusing and very
0: frustrating the uh the, the remote and i don't
1: know if there's a replacement for it but i would be in the market for that
0: so as Melissa was just waving um, during this, so you can always use your phone as the remote.
1: Right? I know, remote but I, I'm um, I'm too old to be using a phone for to control my TV. I need a clicker. Your, your so, phone
2: is always there. I know. <laughs> but
1: hey, I'm old enough to remember where you had to get up and you actually had to turn the channel on the TV. Mm-hmm. And then, and then oh, first came this idea of where you could run a long cable, where there'd be a little box, but you yep. still had to have a wire connected to it. And then the world changed when it went to a remote control. You still only had three channels, but you had a remote control that, that you could use. And, of course, you know what that meant when you got your first remote control? That meant that all your smoke detectors in the house no longer had batteries in them because as soon as the batteries <laughs> on the remote control died, you go and pop the batteries out of the smoke detector because who has a 9-volt battery laying around?
0: So Scott, I hate that remote as well, but for a different reason. Um, or maybe it's maybe it's a, a subset of the reasons. Um, I think the remote works. Um, I tend to use the voice control on it more. So I, I'm doing less swiping back and forth on it. Um, when I do use it, I dictate more, um, which makes it a lot easier. But my problem with that remote is it, you can not tell which side is up or down. Yes, that's part of yes. the problem.
1: That's I'm further. totally yeah. with you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And so, and so, I often, t- you know, even though I could normally operate it one-handed in the dark, I find I'm I'm tapping or clicking something and it's not doing anything, or because I'm tapping at the bottom, which isn't sensitive at all, or I'm, or it's doing something that I don't want because I'm hitting the wrong buttons because I've got it upside down. Yeah. So my problem with that one is it's they they went too, you know, um, form over function with it, and it looks great. yeah Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> But yeah, I just need, you know, I need an easy way when the lights are low that I understand which way is up and which is down so I can flip it. Yeah, I don't need more buttons. I'm, 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 I'm i get the Johnny Ive. Yes, I, I, I subscribe to the Johnny Ive minimalist <laughs> church. Um, I <laughs> preach to that. But I just need, I need some sense of, of which way it, it actually is is in my hand when I touch it. But, but the here's here's sort of here's thing. the thing.
1: There's there's like simple things. There's no mute button. How do you mute it? There's no way to mute it. I have to I have to tell like I have to tell you know who to mute the TV, and then you know who being the, the smart home automation begins with A, and if I call her right now, she's going to shut everything down. But um, but I have to ask you know who to to mute the TV because I don't know where the button is. I don't know how to mute the TV, so I don't know.
2: We can just call her Voldemort and be good.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't want to upset her.
1: I mean she she runs the house now.
2: Beautiful runs the
1: house so I kind of like it all right what else you got what about what about you Melissa what what, what other other than the uh, the dishwasher by the way I didn't think you were going there with the dishwasher like my dishwasher works the biggest problem is getting someone to actually put the dishes in and take the dishes out that's more of the problem here in uh, outside of Boston but
2: I've I've got uh, that down to a science, so that's not an issue. Um, <laughs> okay. I could go two ways with this. So, con- consumer tech, I hate the Apple Watch. Um, mainly because Ooh, them I fighting started... words. <laughs> mainly because I started on Fitbit, right? And And what I wanted the Apple Watch for was a functional Fitbit. And my Fitbit would last a year and then croak and last a year and then croak. And I'm like, in the four years that I've bought four Fitbits to do this... My brother has had one Apple Watch, so I'm in. And, um, it hides all my data, is what I don't like about it. I have to dig to find my data for for things like the pedometer, for things like, um, well, you can see calories burned, but that seems a bit of a swag. But, like, active, any any kind of activity data, there's, it, it's mostly hidden. Um, the... I'm going for a run, so it's going to measure this. It does give me some data for that, but um, but it's still just not as as good as it was with Fitbit, right? And I think that's part of the problem is is for what I use it for. Um, Fitbit had the um, information display and um, and software down to a science for what I wanted, and maybe it's because I started there, but now it's like uh i got to wear this thing, i got to charge it every day, I've got to dig to find like sleep numbers and and stuff like that. Um, Why can't I just have this information? I know they're selling it to everybody else. (laughs) No,
0: Apple's not doing that.
2: (laughs) Oh, they are. They're anonymizing it, but it's it's out there for people to use. For companies to use, I should say, but but that's that's happening
1: so it's funny so I have the I have the Fitbit so I've always I've never had a, a, a an Apple watch I've always you know started with the Fitbit and been with that but just it was last week I think it, it asked me if I wanted to join a heart study and it said it would start monitoring my heart and it's using it to basically do a data collection so that they can analyze yeah. you know here's my here's my age here's my weight here's how many calories I'm burning because it has all this information and it's now measuring my heart I said, that's a good thing like if you're going to collect data from me for something like that if you're going to use it for something that's actually useful and can help other people you know i'm i'm all in but then it was really weird because you have to go through and you have to do all the consents and yes you're collecting my data and all this thing and then it it, it actually asked me it said by the way if we observe something abnormal with your heart rate and something doesn't look right is it okay if we notify you i'm like yes Please do. If for some reason yes. you find something that I need to know about, you're good to go. You can definitely send me uh, send me an alert. Let me know. But I I thought that was I thought that was, uh, was kind of cool because you know again you look at the the data that's being collected and we all know you know it's being sold and you know all of that stuff right. But but to actually use it and to and to do some sort of study, and I kind of get why that would be really good data for them to be able to to collect, because it's easy for them to kind of you know drill into it and segment it and know exactly, you know who well not exactly, but but get a lot of rich detail about a particular person and what types of things might might happen based on you know the the um, you know obviously not the genetics piece of that, but just the you know age, weight, you know how often you exercise, that sort of stuff. So I thought that was kind of cool.
2: Yeah, build those learning models. Apple does the same thing. They'll notify you um, yeah. if 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 there's something up with your heart, which is nice.
0: Yeah, th- what's nice is they actually, Saint Scott, they actually did that as a study originally as well, and now they've opened up broadly, and there've been stories of people who've um, who've gotten notifications of heart arrhythmia and gone to the hospital, and even you know the Apple Watches will now the modern ones will do an EKG for you. Yep. Uh, which is Mine kind of does. cool. Yeah, um, the new ones. Uh, so Melissa, just on that, I mean, again, I'm, I am I, I am an Apple fanboy and a little bit of an apologist, um, but I think, you know, you, your your concern is valid. You went from a special purpose device to a general purpose device. Right. Uh, and so, you know, you know my mother has to be able to use her Apple Watch, um, you know, to be able to counter things, so you're balancing it. The only, the only recognition I say is, and particularly, you know, I'm a cyclist, and I know, you know, I don't use the cycling, the activity tracker for cycling. I use a dedicated cycling app for that because it gives me much more of the data i need for that type of thing so you know for for walking and stuff because i don't care about steps I but you know i'll do that i'll do the the net normal activity thing but for for cycling or something a special purpose activity i'll use strava or you know um, tra- um, um run keeper or something like that um when i was training for the marathon for the triathlon last year i was using a run app and, and again i was not using the basic one so nice yeah.
2: yeah yeah that helps
0: but um i would just say go with that because it's fine um, I Was going to say about something about Fitbit? Um, oh, yeah, same thing. I had a Fitbit. It broke the first time it broke, and you know, I I, uh, I went to the Pebble, and then I went to the Apple Watch. Um, but yeah, Actually, my Pebble's around here someplace. I should find it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the piece, Other piece of tech that I hate, are and we sort of touched on this earlier, is anything that comes with a battery now.
2: Hmm. Yes.
0: I don't understand why you don't build in a rechargeable battery to your thing, to anything. Um, you know, I've had mice explode in my bag. You know, where the batteries have just, you know, whatever. Whatever the burst in them, I, I probably should know this because we used to deal with this at work. Um, but um, uh, you know, and I'm just like, why would you ever build something that's not a rechargeable um, battery in anymore? It doesn't make sense. That, you know, um, I was re- I was replacing sent batteries that were some random size the other day um you know like they look like a double a triple a but cut in third and i was like i was like just get a real rechargeable battery you know usb is common enough that things should be rechargeable by that it makes no freaking sense that you should have anything else um i do i don't know why you're doing it i don't know what business you're trying to drive just let me plug into a usb cable and do it um and you know yeah it may make it's going to wear out at some point but i guarantee you that you know the remote or whatever it is that i that's what scott i like the remote for the apple TV. one of the things i like about it is because it charges through a light a lightning port yes um, yep. and i don't have to have an and but you know i have a travel mouse that charges with batteries i have all these other the crazy things you know this um my old headset used to take you know take batteries and this this one now is going to usb thank god so slowly it's coming around but um it's just um it, you know if i never have to deal with batteries again and i try to be conscientious so when somebody dies i have to recycle them in the proper bin and everything else they don't you know, just take in here and so i was like i just want to get away with with disposable batteries like make everything rechargeable internally through a usb port
2: same same Especially true for the consoles. Oh my God, the consoles! Like all of the console controller batteries.
0: Oh yes, yes, exactly. Oh my God, so yes, many
2: yeah. batteries. That's our biggest battery output, and um, I've been moving the controllers to rechargeable batteries over time. But it's oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, but even then, I did that with I did that with my old generation. I think because the Wii is um, my Wii controller charges through USB, and I think one of my Xbox um um but i but like my old my not the wii so the the the, the switch sorry the, but the wii I, I did that with the wii because i played that you know i used to play that with my nephews and stuff and i switched but they they wouldn't hold a charge they're it's just they're yeah. even they're as much of a problem as as the regular i'd rather just buy i i gave up on them after a year and went to 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 double a's what do they take yeah yep
2: double a's yeah
0: yeah all right, so um,
1: there we go. So, we, so, we, yep. so we, we covered a lot. We covered, we covered a lot. A lot.
0: We, we yeah, we've got a full show. Um, yep. um, I did a half-ass job of hosting this time, but but thank you everybody for tuning in. Um, Scott, so you are up next week, picking wine and topic.
1: So okay, uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm I will be uh, I'll be hosting next week. So um, we'll we'll think about a a, topic. It's a long weekend this weekend. So hopefully. Yep. Um, you guys have some fun plans. Is um, you know not much we too much we can do. Um, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I, I, I know I sent you guys a, a, a picture, but um, so I, again, I live close to New Hampshire, so New Hampshire has begun reducing uh, or um, eliminating some of the restrictions around um, what you can do during the, um, um, the stay-at-home. So they they started opening up some of the uh, the restaurants in some of the towns. So I was able to get out earlier this week. Uh, it's outdoor dining, but uh, you can sit outside. It was a relatively nice day, and uh, I'm proud to report I did finally get that Manhattan, and it was excellent. I uh, I had more than one, truth be told, but um, very tasty. So I'm I'm extremely encouraged that things are starting to kind of move into a a somewhat normal direction. Obviously, though, it, it'll be a while before we get back to. You know anything that, that like it used to be, but, but it, it's good to see things kind of kind of moving that way. So um, so that that's good. But for so we'll think about um, we'll we'll come up with a good topic for, uh, for for next week. But the wine. So I did put some thought into this. So I um I had a um I had a customer call earlier this week, and it was a uh, it was a, a customer based out of Argentina. And, you know, when the, when the call started up, there were, you know, a few folks that were uh, on the phone that I, that I had met, right? Or actually on the, on the Zoom that, that I had met. And we were waiting for some of the other people to, to come up. And then, and then one of the people said, hey, how come uh, on your podcast you guys never do any South African, South American wine? And I was like, what are you talking about? He says, your, 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 your technology and wine podcast. <laughs> I said, "You know about that?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I've listened to the episodes. They they they're, they're pretty good." And I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." I said, "Okay. So, next time we do one, we will feature South American wine, red. Because oh, we did Oh my goodness. Yes, awesome. So we, awesome. we had, I know what I'm doing. I know what right. I'm doing. All right. Okay, know
2: good. What I'm good. I I love Argentinian right. wine especially. Okay. So, yes, Yes, yes,
1: yes. yes. <laughs> so, he did offer up a uh, he said I'll send you a bottle. He didn't take my address, so I don't think that bottle's coming anytime soon. So, I'll have to do a little bit of research. But um but that was kind of cool. It was like um, you know, two two people just mentioning that they had listened to the uh to the podcast. we're not we're not pulling quite Joe Rogan numbers yet, right? I don't know if you guys saw. Yes, but he he's he sold his podcast. He's getting a hundred million a year For any of the uh, the sponsors that are yeah. listening, the three of us will work for half of that. We'll We'll only take half and we'll divide that by three. We'll split that amongst the three of us. So if anybody's interested in sponsoring... Uh, yeah, by the, the way, uh, I saw Texas some
0: thing. interesting numbers comparing Joe Rogan's, uh, you know, sort of the economics behind his podcasts,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, with what Howard Stern makes on satellite radio. Okay.
2: And,
0: and basically the, the TLDR of it was, you know, when Howard Stern's contract comes up, he really should think about moving to a podcast because he could make a crap load more money. Probably. Nice. Given, given the Joe Rogan valuation. Wow. Well, I mean, it, it, again,
1: it's all on demand, right? It's yeah. You listen to it when you want to listen to it. I mean, it's even though it's it's satellite, so it's a satellite. You have to have a subscription. You have to listen at a particular point in time. And if you have a subscription to the channel, which I do, they're gonna replay the same stuff over and over again. So it's like you know, yeah. again, it's about the uh, the user experience. Okay. So wrapping up. Uh, so we're gonna do wines uh, from uh, South America. We'll come up with a uh, with a fun topic. Uh, Collins, you're, you're, since you're the host, I'll let you close out uh,
0: this episode. No, thanks, everybody. Um, see you again next week uh, when we're doing South American Wines and Technology TPD. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Melissa.
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Peace out.